the truck i'm dooner and that's michael vincent the dude man thanks for being with us today man, exciting I feel like, day right bro i feel like philip stutz man like someone just stuck me up uh, on here stick this in my ear and said uh said get going get, get going i feel like i've been shot out of a cannon bro that was awesome yeah that guy was that guy was that Amazing. guy was excellent uh and we hope to deliver on that he really just set the bar for us we have two shows to deliver on this is the this is the first of these at, at this event these right. virtual events in the new normal Take a drink if you're playing the drinking game with us. Uh, <laughs> but on this first set, we're going to talk about a lot of great issues. So we're going to cover insurance. We're going to talk about nuclear verdicts, predictive analytics, and proper data allocation. In addition, we'll talk about the issues that drive our people, including driver fatigue, safety, diversity, and inclusion, Michael Vincent. Yeah, it's really exciting stuff. And, you know, data and people striking a theme at this event, obviously, right? Yeah. And, and, you know, fuller speed ahead, empowering the digitization of the trucking industry with Bloom Global. That was really that was really uh, uh, insightful and Craig Fuller founder and CEO of Freight Waves and uh, Pravinder Jahar CEO at Bloom Global it, they were talking all about the fractured and disparate data sources and how they're bringing that together and the democratization of, of data yeah I did get that out there democratization did you like that democratization <laughs> of data and those are all great points too because they are. you have to recognize and this is what they talked about during that session is that a number of older legacy companies right we've been hearing about all these hacks well the safe thing used to be to go and buy your own metal buy your own servers, keep them on site. And that's changed over about the past five years, where now the cloud is really where you want to be. Amazon Web Services, wherever it may be. But all these legacy companies, all these, nobody's upgrading at the same exact time, at the same timeline. A lot of legacy companies put money into this, big money into these server bays, and now they're now... There's a whole new way to go. It's tough to navigate this environment. Hopefully, we can bring some clarity to that at this event. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the big things that I talked about, and I've experienced that before, and Craig was talking about this, was was uh, you had, like, one customer but 50 aliases in your system, right? And cleaning that data and getting it set and straight one time is what they were talking about Bloom, at Bloom Global, you know, is one of the things to do. To set that data straight the first time and then it's good is one of the difficulties with those legacy carriers because you've got so many, so much information that was input by so many disparate people. You know, I had the I had the fortune on radio to talk to Rob Hatchett about My Trucker Life and that new app. They're helping families, helping drivers get their mental health during this fog of unclarity. You know, a great and amazing app. But we also had a terrific keynote. What was your takeaway from Philip? So, yeah, no, it was really interesting, and I thought I thought the background was very interesting in the development of the different campaigns from Bush through to Trump, right, and how they brought those things in there. But the things that I, you know, that I really took away there was the innovation, innovate or die, right? And elections yeah. were the perfect breeding ground for what he was doing because every two years you either live or die, and so you're constantly innovating. But he was saying buyers right now, they buy with what they want and not what they need. Things have changed. And so you've got to understand that data, not to manipulate, but to understand what are those two key things that they want and, and message to that. Data defines companies and campaigns. Now, it isn't even to the point where it simply gives you an edge, right? Not using it pushes you further away from relevance, be that as a carrier or a candidate. And I think that one of the reasons we love to bring storytellers from outside our world is so that we inside this world can learn from it. There were some great discussions going on in Slack. Oh, yeah. One of them brought up by Alyssa at FedEx. She says, love hearing that someone is taking what the rest of the world does with marketing brought to our industry. I feel like sometimes we get so focus on trucking and logistics, and we forget to look at other industries that really work. We're just selling a different part 
product marketing works regardless of that industry. And that's what that's always been my thesis on what the truck and in podcasting was that so many of these shows are done like webinars. So many of them are so boring. Yeah. They're not bringing the fire to the fireside chat. As our last speaker said, well, why not borrow from what works at ESPN or the rest of the world? Yeah. You, you got to. You can't take, you know, one, one credo we always say in this business is relationships, right? Everything's about yeah. relationships. But it doesn't have to be so orthodox that every relationship has to be so unscalable that it must be formed in person, in a boardroom, with a handshake, face-to-face. It's 2020, kids. Let's act like the rest of the world. Yeah, absolutely. He was talking about, you know, buying experiences have to happen with video. Right? There's yeah. some type of video that is engaged right right there at some point. About 84%, I think he said, of purchases. Yeah. Uh, so, and that's what you're talking about, building that relationship. And you can do that through through video and media, et, et cetera. And speaking to what you do well for what those customers want and need, not what you do well. well right? It was a good point. Well, here's the thing, too. If you don't think you need to spend that big money on the right marketer, well, you better hope your competitors agree, because he just showed the power of it. It can win elections and it can win lanes, both at the same time. Yeah, well, absolutely. maybe not at the same time, but both, but both in practice. Yeah, I, I agree 100. <laughs> percent Two points that I wrote down, and he said, write these down. You need to be committed to marketing, not just interested. Yeah, and use the data to understand, not to manipulate. Those two angles, key, gold. Well, we, should we jump into our first guest here and get into some of these issues? Yeah, I know nuclear verdict's been a big topic, but a lot of carriers out of business, especially in articles that we had posted right here on FreightWaves.com last year, seems like they've slowed down maybe just a little bit, but I'm not sure. Let's get inside the data. Let's talk to who, who we got coming up. We've got Chad Eichelberger, who's president of uh, Reliance Partners on the phone. So welcome, Chad. How are you today, my friend? Hey, Michael Dooner. Great, uh, great to be on. Doing well. How about you guys? We're doing great, man. Doing great. So Dooner just uh, announced that all nuclear verdicts, they've, they've just ended. Is Whoa. that right? <laughs> oh, no, far from it. That is, hey, that is, uh, wait a second. I'm getting slandered up here. Roll the tape back. Fake news. <laughs> what, is going on oh. with nuclear, what is going on with nuclear verdicts, Chad? Tell us a little bit about uh, what a nuclear verdict is and why it's a big problem for this industry and why it's one of the topics you wanted to highlight today. Well, I, I think, frankly, uh, what you've seen happen over the past few years, and, and this trend really, uh, this emerged, you know, unfortunately, out of South Florida probably five or six years ago. It's always been present. You've always had nuclear verdicts, but uh, the number and the size, uh, you know, I don't know if it, if it was the plaintiff's attorneys there started to, to spread the knowledge of how this all works, but you've gradually seen that creep into other states. Uh, in the southeast specifically, it's been very hot. Texas, it, it's honestly like this trade of going and pulling accidents where an 18 wheelers involved, pulling the accident record, oftentimes calling the people involved in the accident. And then maybe they've got a doctor friend in, in some of those cases. And suddenly what was a, a $5,000 fender bender is a, you know, minimum half a million dollars in some of those cases. And so that that practice and that trade, unfortunately, only continues to grow. You see the billboards everywhere. You've seen attorneys setting up shop, new office locations, new states. And so, unfortunately, uh, I don't think this is going anywhere until we have some type of tort reform. 
accidentes, right, Michael Vincent? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and and you bring up a good, uh, a really good point, which is really interesting me into, interesting to me is that going in and looking at those cases and then looking for the biggest names they can possibly find and saying, "Ooh, here's one where it could be a possible gold mine for me," is what it seems like, right? And then calling those people and bring them in. We talked about that driver who was sentenced because of uh, he avoided all the uh, the uh, construction and rear-ended and killed like five people or something like that. How was the manufacturer of his truck involved? Uh, these type of things, right, Chad? Yeah, I mean, it's anybody and everybody connected to it. Uh, right now, we're seeing a trend where the freight brokers are getting named more frequently. Uh, you, you're seeing shippers that are inserting a lot of language into contracts with motor carriers and freight brokers that full indemnification, hold harmless, agree to defend. All these different pieces are now coming into play where it's not only the motor carrier that's getting drug in in all these instances. They're going after anybody connected to it, the manufacturer of the truck, uh, any type of shipper, freight broker, anybody that can be named is going to be named because they're looking for the deepest pockets. And those limits, unfortunately, a million-dollar limit doesn't go that far if it's a small motor carrier. Yeah. Chad, insurance is all about mitigating risks. So we know there's this problem, right? So for the, the, the shippers that are listening, the carriers that are listening, the brokers that are listening, how exposed are they and what ways can they go about mitigating that risk? Well, so I think, number one, the safety side's obviously where you start. Um, you know, if you go to court and you've got three alerts and you've got unsafe driving, you've got elevated scores, you've got a history, uh, that is what a plaintiff attorney is going to be looking for. And that's also going to lead to, to higher insurance costs. So uh, you, you want to be really cognizant of the quality of the driver, making sure that you're monitoring your CSA scores, you're working to improve those continually. Those are things that make you a big target. Um, you know, from the freight broker's perspective, carrier vetting is a big part of that. You know, if you go into a, a courtroom and nobody wants to be in, you need to have something that's defendable around how you vetted those motor carriers and, uh, and and shippers, the big thing, and we're seeing this a lot, shippers, a lot of times, these contracts are getting so cumbersome that they may be, in effect, invalidating some of the coverage that would be there for the freight broker because they're asking a freight broker to take on more liability. So shippers, the answer, I would say, from your perspective, isn't necessarily to have a more restrictive contract. It's to make sure that you have a good contract that spells out expectations that a freight broker can actually abide by. And so at the end of the day, it's it's more than just uh, having a nasty contract because you may invalidate the coverage altogether. Right now, we we've seen uh, on the other side of uh, other side of the coin, we've we've seen some uh, uh, where the in the uh, uh, coverage limits have been increased, et cetera, which causes uh, obviously uh, financial stress on insurance carriers like Reliance and and also truckers. So how how do you deal with that type of thing where the 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 limits have to go up? They're talking about you know the the limits need to go from a million to two million dollars, et cetera, for certain sizes, and dealing with those costs. How do you mitigate those costs? Well, I think the first thing everybody, you know, needs to be aware of, I mean, we've had eight straight years of, you know, unprofitable commercial auto sector for insurance companies. So insurance companies haven't been able to get it right. Largely, there are people that do and there are many that don't. And so there have been these increases, but they, they haven't been able to account for uh, the proliferation of these nuclear lawsuits. And so uh, going from a million to two million dollars, uh, I think it's going to it's going to be a, a big strain on a lot of the smaller motor carriers. Frankly, there's not a huge appetite in the insurance market as a whole when you're not making money running a $1 million limit. Why, why should they remain in the market and write a two? So you're going to drive up costs for everybody. 
because the motor carrier is going to have to pass that along to the shipper. It's going to get passed along to consumers. So at the end of the day, uh, you know, the $2 million limit, I don't think is the answer. Uh, I think more along the lines of you've got to have some safe, you've got to have some good practices. We've got to have some tort reform and shippers and carriers and brokers. There needs to be some collaboration on this. So, so you have something that makes sense for all parties, because frankly, right now, everybody's working against each other and everybody's losing. Mm. Craig Leonard on Slack. He says, so refreshing to not be sitting in Dooner's bedroom this morning. Craig, uh, my wife would agree with you. <laughs> what do you got, Michael? <laughs> so, along those lines of, of, of you know, your preparedness and, and, and pre-accident type of preparation, let's talk about that for just one second, Chad. So the importance of data, we see all, you know, the proliferation of IoT devices and ELDs, et cetera. You, you name them whatever you want, but there's tons of data there that you have to determine the abilities or the best practices, driving practices of your drivers and your fleet, et cetera. How important is that in keeping those verdicts lower? And does it affect your insurance premiums when you bring in these type of practices? Yeah, any type of telematics, uh, you know, know, the one that, you know, insurance markets have really latched onto has been the forward-facing cameras. You know, largely, you know, if you have those, a good chance you're going to get a little bit of benefit from a premium perspective just because, you know, as you guys are aware, most of these accidents are not caused by, caused by the motor carrier. So when you actually have a forward-facing camera, it's there to protect the driver. It's there to protect the motor carrier. So, uh, you know, we urge everybody, any type of collision avoidance technology, anything that you can have in that truck that's going to make the truck safer and is going to protect the driver and protect the motor carrier from, you know, accidents that are not their fault. And when they are their fault, it tells the insurance company, we need to go and settle this accident. Let's not go to litigation and let it get to there. Chad, thank you so much for the insights here. How do attendees at this event and people listening on podcast players around the world after the event find out more about Reliance? Oh, you can visit our website, reliancepartners.com. We've got 21 total languages spoken, eight offices across the country. All we do is truck insurance, 3PL insurance, freight 40 insurance. So uh, that's our focus. That's what we enjoy. And uh, that's what we're good at. Well, guten Abend, my friend. Thank you for joining us today. That's Thank the, you, Chad. That's the, that's the German I know. Oh, hey, yeah. Hey, you know, hey, little Polish and dobre. <laughs> Who do we got coming up next? Gracias, senor. Who do we got coming up after the break? Oh, we do. We, so we've got uh, Simak Asmuda, VP of uh, PLM and Business Development at uh, Skybits, nice. which is going to come right up after the break. Very interesting Talking stuff. about predictive analytics, data analytics, democratizing data. Stick with us. We'll be back right after the break. Ah, we're in. Hey, we're back there, Dooner. Oh, fantastic. There we are, brother. We've got our next guest on the line here. Nice. Let's so bring welcome, him up for uh, us. Yeah, let's welcome Simic Asmuda, VP of PLM and Business Development at Skybits. Simic from beautiful Tampa, Florida. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Uh, doing great. Doing great, my friend. Yeah. Hey, introduce Skybits just really quick. Just the elevator pitch on Skybits for those of us who are in attendance who may not have heard of you guys yet. You bet. Uh, Skybits, uh, you know. Uh, we enable our customers to really maximize their uh, their productivity of their unpowered assets, right? Trailers, containers, and, and we help them truly get profitability and increase their, their uh, productivity, driver productivity, asset productivity. That's really what we do at Skyvis. We, we drive profitability for our customers. Wow. Tell us about that smart trailer, as, as my friends in Boston would say. 
The smart, the um, smart well, trailer. <laughs> smart trailer. Well, that's a that's a phrase that we actually uh, trademarked at Skyvets. Uh, yeah, as as you guys have talked about, you know, the digitalization is coming and expanding, and obviously that includes all the assets, including trailers, containers. So, so we are seeing a uh, you know uh, evolution, if you would, in additional sensors, additional data around the trailer that helps our uh, customers really get more information that they can turn into data they can use to drive profitability and, and productivity. So things like um, you know being able to figure out if the uh, you know, trailers uh, um, uh, brakes are working, are the, are the lights working? Things you need to make sure that that, that trailer is, is, is active, working, and, and reduce downtime, increase um, um, you know, visibility to, the, to that asset, and, and, and drive, drive uh, uh, productivity through um, technology. Now, you know, one of the things that you guys were talking about earlier, I was listening, is it, it's, it, you know, we're generating a lot of data. And data by itself is really not going to solve your problem. It's how you use that data, how you bring that data to bear and, and, and put analytics around it so that you can turn it into information. I mean, one of the things that COVID has done really is emphasize how much more uh, that information is, is required today to drive decisions, right? You know, we make decisions every day in trucking, you know, which trailer to use, which driver to use. Um, and, and we don't have that luxury of being able to get up and walk down the, you know, the, uh, the hall to talk to another planner to figure out what trailer he's got available. We, we need the information now readily available to make those decisions. Yeah, those are excellent points. You know, uh, Simon, back in, in my day, the technology was a dime. I'd, I'd, carry, I'd carry dimes in my pocket, and when I'd visit the terminals, oh. not only would oh. I check the steering tires and the drive tires for their depth, because you can measure from the distance between the head and the edge of the dime, right? I'd, I'd often take a dime and just set it on the, on the top of a, of a tire, on a trailer or a, or a tractor, and then come back the next day and see if they were still there to, to, to measure some fleet utilization. That was a long time ago, but that's what we did. So this technology actually gives you wow. all that type You're of like stuff. You're like bubblegum with, with dimes instead of shrimp. Houston every way. Hey, that, that's what we used to do, though. I mean, that, that was that was the, that was the technique. So we've come a, a long way in that. So it's not only just the predictive analytics, but it's the utilization of that fleet, right sizing your fleet in right places. Correct? Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, it's all about really turning your assets faster, right? You know, when you think about all our industry is we have a limited number of assets. Those, those resources, we need to maximize the use of, right? So, so it's all about technology that allows you to turn assets faster. As you turn them faster, you're increasing capacity. You're increasing your hauling capability without really adding any more um, assets or increasing your capital expense. So, so you're really trying to really turn those assets faster, get, get them into the facility, get them unloaded, get them loaded, and get them out. And, and the timing of that is really the crucial part of what, what we enable our customers to do. Uh, you know, every day you're making those decisions. And, and you know, what, what we do at Skybase is provide you that, that information that enables you to make those you know, better decisions when you're looking at uh, you know, um, using your assets. Yeah, you know, the, the, the point, data is coming up a lot. Everyone's going to speak to data. Everyone's going to speak about data. But it, it does nothing if it can't be actionable, right? You right end up on. having programs that go unused. Uh, how does customer success and what does customer success look like for you and your team? Uh, great question. So, so really, 
um, we have focused a lot on customer success around taking information and turn it into analytics that we delivered those to those customers to understand what their trends are looking like, what you know, how their decisions are are paying off. Um, you know, how are they utilizing those assets? Are they reducing their idle time? Are they, you know, j- just just information that allows you to really understand how you're utilizing the technology. You know, uh, I've been in technology for a long time, and you know, it's traditional that we we invest a lot in technology, but don't necessarily use it uh, to its full capacity, right? So our our customer success is all around helping our customers maximize the use of that data. To, to really make a change in the way they operate their business. Yeah, that, that's excellent. I would imagine, you know, we're talking like Dooner said and, and others, it's no, no, no secret, lots of technology, lots of data, usage of data. And this seems to be a very key part to many things and platforms that we've watched about, about optimizing your fleet, right? Integrating this data within there, which can also affect, like you said, capacity. You can increase capacity by better utilization. There's an argument whether is there capacity enough capacity or is it just poor utilization? Am I correct? That's absolutely right. So, so a lot of times, you know, we've had customers that have been able to downsize their fleet and not lose any hauling capacity because they were able to maximize the use of that trailer. Or at the same time, we've had clients, we have clients that have been able to really increase increase how much freight they're hauling because now they're getting more more utilization out of those trailers. So, so you'll see it on both sides. Both are positive impact to the bottom line. And then, and then utilizing data, um, you know, a lot of times you've heard a lot of new technologies like, you know, introducing image, um, cargo images, like, for instance, you know, being able to show you what's actually inside the trailer. So we're actually doing that. We're actually uh, um, uh, introducing our new telematics platform and our new uh, um, cargo sensing technology that's actually image based. But, you know, who has time to sit on and look at images all day, right? So, so <laughs> really what do we do with the data is the key. So what we're doing is actually introducing artificial intelligence and and machine learning on the back end to take that data, that image, and turn it into real data that customers can use to make better decisions. Again, I keep going back to that, you know, better decision. Every dispatcher, every planner within your company has to make a better decision every day. And that's how you drive productivity. And that's how really what what we're focused on is to delivering better value to that uh, individual that's making those decisions. Yeah, all these data sources, right? It, it, yeah. it creates a, a cloud of confusion. You can get a lot of clarity from it. You clean the data and all those things. But to his point, just handing someone a, a shiny spreadsheet or a shiny image, it doesn't do anything. What, what, no, does, what people at the top need to know is how to make decisions based on this information. They still need those analytics. So the data still has to be condensed and relayed in some way. It's all about profitability, though, for your customers. Though. So how do you return? How do you make some of that ROI for your customers? Uh, really, different. There are a couple of different ways. One is again driving productivity, so that you, you're you're able to haul more freight. Haul, more hauling more freight turns into revenue that that drives your your um, uh, revenues up and, and drives ROI. Second thing is right sizing your fleet. So so if you're leasing a lot of trailers, if you're buying a lot of trailers, if you're uh, you know have a high trailer to truck ratio, that's where we can come in and help you maximize the use of each asset and, re, you know, you know, kind of right size your fleet so you don't have to, uh, you, know, you know, spend extra capital. So th- that's really how you, you get ROI. We have customers that get their ROI in less than a year and some, some a little bit longer than that, but, but it's, it's very clear ROI. 
Excellent stuff, uh, Simon. I, and I would just, my last point that I would like to make, yeah. and, I, and I think you could just say yes or no, this translates from truckload to LTL. I would imagine this type of technology, the visual and stuff, utilization within LTL would be huge for, for city planners, dispatchers, and even they're over the road as far as cube absolutely. utilization. I mean, that, you read my mind. So, so Absolutely. I mean, I think if you look at our industry, traditionally truckload carriers have been the kind of uh, forefront of uh, deploying this type of technology, not the LTL carriers. But I think with this new technology that we're bringing to bear, I think I think you'll see that the LTL carriers will also get that type of benefit uh, and, and better decisions every day again around how they're utilizing their assets. Where do people go to learn more about Skybits? Uh, we have, please go to our website. We have a lot of information on the website, and, and, and we provide contact data there that you can you can hold, get a hold of us and be glad to uh, follow up with you. Thank you so much for your time today and for joining us at Carrier Summit. When we come back from the break, we'll be talking to Anthony Petit. He's the CEO and founder at Truck Park Inc. And to be talking about distracted driving, driver fatigue, all about safety, truck parking, and more. Stick with us. We'll be right back. Thanks for joining us back here on What the Truck. I'm Dooner. That's the dude. And right now, we're going to be joined straight out of Walmart country. It is Anthony Petit. He's the CEO and founder at Truck Park, Inc. And he's going to talk about some really cool stuff. Now we get to focus on what, Michael Vincent? The people that drive the supply chain. We always talk about the hashtag, thank a trucker. Well, it's like, thank a trucker. Actually, give them the safety, the tools that they need. Anthony, help us out with that, my friend. Yeah, well, good morning, guys. I do appreciate you having me on the show today. <laughs> awesome. Hey, Anthony, aside from your illustrious career pitching for the Yankees, uh, can, can you uh, uh, give us a little background on Truck Park and what you guys are doing there? Of course. So Truck Park all started with my late uncle. I pretty much helped him bring more truck drivers. He had a parking facility in the south side of Chicago. I have background in digital marketing, and I was able to bring up um, – a lot. I was basically build a website and bring more truckers to his facility. I noticed that he had more truckers because I was helping him drive that traffic. And then I started to realize that I could do something more. I can build upon truck park. I can call other parking operators. They can be receptive to the model that I created from uncle. And then from there, everything just started to increase and just get better for truck park. You know, Michael Vincent, the one thing that I have in common with truck drivers is that I refuse to admit when I'm tired. You know, yeah, like last I, I night I was watching Trolls World Tour on the couch with the kids, and they're like, Dad, you look like you're going to fall. I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I, I fell asleep. Next thing I woke up, it was 3 in the morning. I'm like, I got a conference to go to. You focus on driver fatigue and well-being. You know, it's hard. for And that's your job, right? It's hard to admit you're tired. A lot of guys don't it want is. to admit they're tired. What have you learned about looking into driver fatigue and well-being? Yeah, so we've aggregated a lot of data. We talked to a lot of drivers. In fact, we've talked to thousands of drivers since we first started four years ago. And driver fatigue is the most crucial safety issue in the industry today. And these drivers, they're tired because they're only at 14 hours over the road. They're making deliveries, they're making pickups, they're stuck in detention. And then at the last hour of their day, they're searching for parking. So by the time they're parked and done, or if they're even searching for parking, they're exhausted. This is leading to driver fatigue. It's also 49% increase in cargo theft in Q1 of 2020 has led to extreme driver fatigue. And so all these scenarios play a big part in not only the parking situation, LA driver fatigue, of course, but drivers getting adequate sleep at night. 
Yeah, those are interesting stats. You know, someone once told me, a uh, very smart man, and so I believed him, was once you nod, right, if you're driving and once you do that head jerk, you've typically been out for 15 to 20 seconds. Is that is that yeah. a true stat? Is that what you're finding? That is a true stat. So it's very crucial if they get their adequate rest. Yeah, that, that, that's excellent. How about distracted driving? We talked about the mental health of the drivers, et cetera. We, uh, first things first, and we talked about those earlier, and it, it really blew up on the Slack channel. If you're not in Slack, get in there and, and engage. But it, really, really a hot topic, and I'm glad we're bringing this to the forefront. Can you speak to the, the driver distraction, uh, you know, driving distracted and what that causes? Yeah, that's a good question because a lot, there's a lot of technology, right? And technology could be a blessing and a curse today. And I think that a lot of these drivers, they're too focused on all these things going on in the truck. You have your ELD. You might have your phone in your hand because you're trying to direct to the next location. And all of this is multitasking. Multitask is causing this driver distraction. And then in addition, you got CB radio going off and you're trying to talk to people. People are pulling up on the side of the highway saying hello in their truck. I mean, there's a lot going on for the truck driver. And their truck drivers have between seven to 10 apps, productivity apps. And I think that's just too much. I think there needs to be one universal system for the driver. And I know they created the LT, but is there anything else we can do to, to mitigate some of these driver distractions? I wish we could. We just need that in business in general. I got too many. Th- I got Google Docs. I got Slack. I got Gmail. Yeah. I got too many. I got so much distraction too. It's no yeah. wonder people are distracted. There's just a lot going on, competing for the dopamine in your brain. But how does Truck Park work in these situations? So with the driver fatigue, with the distracted driving, and of course with speeding as well. Speeding another huge issue. Yeah. So we actually have two products. Our first product is the Truck Park app. It's been in the market for about a year now. It allows the independent and owner operator to find, reserve, and pay for parking in real time. And our second app is for carriers. Now it allows carriers to manage fleet parking, plan their routes more efficiently for their drivers, and improve hours of service productivity. So how do we do that? Well, Truck Park works with AI and machine learning technology. So the technology actually populates the nearest location of the driver once they click once they search for their pickup or, or, or delivery point. So then it's going to show you what's available nearest you. So if you're at a shipper, for example, and you're in detention and you're stuck for three or four hours, you can actually use our app to book on demand and that and just going to show you what's the nearest location to that shipper facility. So you're actually saving time and it's also giving you a safe place to rest at night. That spot's guaranteed. So it's taking the, the stress off the table. It's giving you adequate wet rest. And then now you're able to experience less driver fatigue. That, that's amazing stuff. So I, I would imagine, uh, Anthony, that, that this works if you were to punch in your, your route, if you're going long haul, you're going across country? Yes, this is heavy, heavy truck, Class A trucks. Um, this is long haul. So you can either book on demand or you can book ahead of time. You can book all the way up to 72 hours ahead of time before your schedule. So we're just allowing the truck driver to have ease at mind, also uh, peaceful, uh, so they're not obviously racing against hours of service for their last hour. 
You know, yeah. truck parking, always a big issue. He mentioned Walmart country. And if you go on the message boards, a, a lot of drivers upset because Walmart used to have a great relationship with drivers. They used to allow trucks to park there. But now a lot of drivers say you get booted these things. Uh, a lot of hotels don't want them there. It becomes a huge, huge issue. How do you gain information on developing all this stuff? Are you, are you doing a lot of driver outreach? Uh, how do you develop the product? Yes, we do a lot of driver outreach, including guerrilla marketing. We actually go to the truck stops. We meet with the drivers. We even knock on their door, so to speak. So if they're in their trucks and they're resting, sometimes we, we knock on their window. They come out. We have a conversation with them. We really just want to get in the head and the mindset of the driver. We don't want to sit in the ivory tower and make decisions in a boardroom. We want to be on the ground level. And we want to make sure that these drivers are Using, utilizing our app, but utilizing our app for their own safety. And so, yes, to answer your question, Walmart and a lot of these truck stops, they had to be doing a lot of different um, strategy implementation because of COVID. So COVID has changed a lot for everybody, not just for the trucking industry, but for everybody. And so now truckers are getting these truck stops and there's not enough parking. There's not, a, there's the way that they set up the lots that there's only parking on one side of the lot and the other side is completely blocked off. So it's just, it's, it's become very difficult for drivers and we have only been able to absolutely help them out by being on the ground with them. Yeah. Like you took a page right out of Philip Stutt's book, right? Find out what they actually want, not what you can do for them. Right? Or, or the drivers <laughs> exactly. on Freightways Radio over the weekend, Anthony asked the drivers on Freightways Radio what they wanted to learn from this event. And uh, they said, for one, I mean, from the carriers, we want to get clarity on, on where they're going so we know what to do. That was from a, from a shiver. The drivers themselves were like, we just want to see the table. We want people to develop their products, talking to us, relating to us, relating to us and understanding our needs. And it's awesome. You're doing that guerrilla marketing and getting that information. How do people go out and you know download your app, get more information about what you're doing? Yes, they can download our app on iOS and Android. They can even type in truckpark.com. They can easily find out all of our information, keep up to date on what we're doing. I highly suggest that they follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. We're always posting there. Our team is always showing what the latest and greatest is in the truck park world. Excellent, excellent stuff. I would imagine you're going to be keeping stats to see how well this works as far as uh, reducing those accidents and, like you mentioned earlier, the cargo theft. Yeah. Anthony, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time today. We appreciate uh, you coming on the show. Enjoy the, uh, the rest of your uh, Thank you, afternoon over there in Walmart country. Our next guest we're, we're going to talk <laughs> to is that. Thank right you. On. Our next guest is uh, Pierre Legary, CEO at Fleeting Pro. He was on our Driving Diversity special. And you want to get inspired? You need to stick around after this break because this man not only has a way with words and a way with actions, but he will get you running through that wall. Amen. I watched that and I was really intrigued. This is going to be good. I'm very excited to have him on. Huge up on topic and the right time for it right here at Carrier Summit when we come back from the break. Welcome back to What the Truck at the live desk here at Carrier Summit 2020. I'm Dooner here with Michael Vincent. And right now, I'm really excited and honored to bring on our next guest. It's such an important conversation we had on a special on FreightWaves TV called Driving Diversity. But that's because of the climate and culture, what's going on in America yeah. with a lot of civil unrest. It's been a great time to bring up con conversations about race, disenfranchisement, culture, and making people feel involved, right? And I think we've had our eyes opened in a lot of ways throughout this. But I 
I, right now we're joined by Pierre Laguerre, CEO at Fleeting Pro. Pierre, thank you so much for joining us. Last time you were on here, people told me that they ran through walls like Kool-Aid Man. They said when they walked on the asphalt, it turned <laughs> to sand. They were so energized. So we're looking forward to having you on the air today, man. Thank you, man. I look forward to being on here. Um, great um, opportunity to be on the show. I think what I was saying to you guys, I think trucking definitely needs that type of energy. So I'm glad that I was the person that I could bring that energy back into the industry and bring it into the game. So it's definitely needed, especially the day that we're living in today. Yeah. Well, amen. I, it, Pierre, I, as I was saying, it's a, pl- a pleasure. I've been looking forward to this uh, particular talk for, for quite some time since I learned you were going to be a guest on here. I caught it back during the diversity uh, uh, summit that we had, that you guys yeah. had, and uh, knocked it out of the park. It was great. Really, uh, I couldn't agree more. Very, very important subject and needs to be at the forefront always, in my opinion. We'll get right to those issues. But before we do, because you're taking the time to talk to us about it real quick, just uh, what's the elevator pitch on Fleeting Pro? Just to uh, let the people know where you're coming from. Yes, um, Fleeting is a marketplace that gives shippers and trucking companies access to a pool of vetted CDL truck drivers that can operate their trucks 24-7 around the clock. Awesome. So, Peter, what what is the uh, let's talk about culture here. What, What conversations do you think? The carriers that are listening, the shippers, the brokers, what, what kind of conversations do you think they should be having internally as people come back to their offices, as, as they're migrating back? We've all had this period of reflection. You know, we've had some, some months away because of COVID. So what, what should those conversations be? Oh, man, great question. I think definitely that um, carriers really, really need to, especially in this climate now, carriers really should focus on culture within the organization. And the reason why I mean culture is if we don't pay attention to that, once again, this is what creates the big turnover in trucking companies, right? Truck, this is this thing that I say is that truck drivers is full-time truckers and part-time applicants. Although they have a full-time job, they're always looking for the next best opportunity. Well, the opportunity that they're looking for is culture. They want to go somewhere where they feel welcome, where they feel, where they feel like a human being as opposed to being filled as a commodity. So I think carriers need to really pay attention to the culture of their, um, within the organization because what... Carriers don't know. Sometimes they're not going to hear it from their existing drivers, but drivers talk to outside drivers and drivers know about every other company out there from another driver's mouth. And one thing that's hurting carriers is the cultures, the word of mouth, the way they operate, the way um, dispatchers treat drivers, the way their entire organization runs. So I think if carriers can really pay attention on the culture they have when their organization, how they deal with drivers, then they have to really understand that their drivers is one of the biggest, greatest assets that they have. It's very important they understand how to build a culture around that to have that driver feel like they're part of the organization as opposed to being feel like they're a commodity. Agree 100%. And, and finding out what those drivers want and what the people want to be included is in, in part of that culture and developing this culture as we talk about it is extremely, extremely important. What are your thoughts on, on how to understand how to build that culture, right? Because you can, we could probably sit here and brainstorm a thousand things to throw out there, right, and just blanket it. What are the top things? What do they should be doing? How do they engage with those and those drivers that they haven't attracted in order to develop that culture that is attracted to them and will keep them and keep them in a prosperous uh, partnership? Absolutely. Those, there's two things I think that's very important that we have to pay attention. Number one is transparency. And number two is education, right? So truckers want to, truckers still want to learn. To them, being a driver is like a journey. And a lot of times, truckers are staying in the dark. And motor carriers don't truly understand truck drivers' behavior. And I think I've said that at one of your shows is one of the biggest problems is lack of communication. So if carriers can learn how to build transparencies, again, around their organization and also allow drivers to learn, to educate their drivers on not just trucking on operation and just understand how things go. Because guess what? The reality is, 
the, the motor carrier have his own struggle, right? They have their own pain point that they deal with every day because they're constantly under pressure. So it's the same thing. That driver is always under pressure. So it's like both parties is constantly under pressure trying to deliver, but they have that miscommunication. So if both can understand that they're both are equally important and create that level of transparency and educate each other on each other's days, world, what works and what don't work. I think that is the best way that motor carriers can start cultivating a better culture into transportation logistics. Yeah, communication is the key to culture. But, you know, I mean, race has become such a, a, a big issue, but it can be an awkward conversation, right? If you're a white guy, it may be awkward to be like, well, how do you feel, yeah. especially when the elements of race came in? And, and same for anybody of any race. So how do you approach those conversations, especially when we're in a time of very heightened sensitivity surrounding all that? I mean, to be honest with you, there's never going to be a good time to have those conversations, right? Whether it's this climate or next year or everything was good. It is a very hard conversation. And I think first, it starts with each one of us. We have to look within ourselves. What is it that we can do in this climate? What is it that we can do to make things a lot better? So I think the more you start becoming more self-conscious of understanding what's going on, you start becoming more comfortable actually going to have that hard conversation with somebody else. But until we have that hard conversation with, with ourselves, understand our position and understand the power that we have and what it is that we can do with those powers, then it don't goes nowhere. So first we have to have that conversation with ourselves and it makes it a lot easier to have that conversation with anyone. Excellent. Excellent response. I, I love it. So let, let's, let's talk about retention though. You've recruited these, you've recruited the people, you've talked the right talk, you've created this culture. Retention to me speaks to maintaining that and keeping these people on, on, uh, you know, involved and keeping it in the culture and aware. And like you said, transparency, it's difficult enough when you're talking about an office building and people in their cubicles or what, what have you, uh, and now working from home, but drivers, they're out on an Island all the time. So how do you keep that retention and keep them engaged? So that retention definitely have to be built as far as future trust, right? So the retention is what the driver is going to get, not the paycheck that he's going to get at the end of the week, but why am I working at this company, right? What is the end goal for me working at this company? Is this company, oh, hey, look, not only that I have a good retirement plan, is this something that I know I see myself doing for the next 20 years? So retention, it goes hand in hand with the other word that I think we talked about, we decided to talk about, which is upward mobility. So once again, if you understand a driver's journey, if you understand what a driver truly wants, and trucking, the driver go from being a driver to eventually become an owner-operator where he thinks he have a little bit more freedom, then eventually at least own a fleet of two or three trucks. That's the upward mobility truckers are looking for. So I think the best way you would kind of hold on to that retention with the drivers is through the education and you giving them access to move up the ladder. And what's happening now, typically drivers don't have those opportunities, right? It's just like you're either a driver, you drive over the road 40 days and then come home for two days, or you're working local, working 14 hours per day, or you're just an owner-operator running one truck and doing a thousand things to find the best load. Their drivers don't have that partner. And I think motor carriers really start looking at drivers as one of their best partners because drivers, like you said, they're always on the island. They're always lonely. And the person that they count on is that motor carrier. But the relationship is just so toxic. And especially to the day that we live in, it feels like there's no way they can retain drivers because once again, that human relationship is no longer there. It's all about, hey, look, I need this freight move from point A to point B. I don't care about your sick child. I don't care about none of that. All I know is I have this load that have to be moved and my customer is waiting for it. And that's where we lose the entire culture because it's no longer human interaction no more. It's just all about the bottom numbers. It's all about hurry up. Uh, this is thing that we say in trucking is that hurry up and wait, right? So it's just like mm-hmm. you rush to get out the door to go sit at a shipper's yard. So I think if we start really understanding, like, what is it that a truck driver want? Why does somebody become a truck driver? Then I think every motor carrier will start putting um, 
things in place that can create, that can foster a better culture for their drivers. But it all goes, goes down to truly understand what is that driver journey? What is the driver wants to get out of being a truck driver, not just driving a truck? Hey, Pierre, XPL Logistics recently appointed a chief diversity officer. Do you think that's a step in the right direction for the industry? Do you think it gives good signaling and message to uh, current and potential employees? How do you feel about that role? Um, yes. Okay. So at the end of the day, I'm going to say congratulations. That is a great move. That's the step they're making forward there. But what I'm seeing also is, is I don't know if it's safe to say this, a lot of companies are also buying lip services, right? Mm. And mm-hmm. what they do is they go out and hire, like, you know, hire chief of diversity and put on a board. They hire other people to put on the board to say that they're doing something right. The thing is, if you know you're doing something right and you know you're all equal, you wouldn't have to go out there and just trying to hire somebody now to put in that position. But however, we have to give credit for them taking the approach, that's a step. So I'm always going to be great with the step. But now I think those companies that put themselves out there saying they're taking the step, I think us, the people, need to really start holding them accountable to say, okay, hey, look, what have you done by creating this diversity portion of your um, organization? What has it created? What was the result? Who benefited from it? So it can't just be no longer a lip service. I think us, the people, the drivers, the industry have to demand where's the result. We need to see numbers. Well, Pierre, you know what Alyssa in our Slack channel, Alyssa at FedEx wrote, loving this message from Pierre, drivers want to feel like they're part of the conversation, not a commodity. Same exact message. They call in and tell me on Freightways Radio on Saturdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern time on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking, channel 146. <laughs> hey man, how do people go and learn more about? Well done, uh, sir. How do people? How do people? Oh wait, someone else put here. Uh, I'm not sure what this is relevant to, but it says wasn't expecting to meet the Krispy Kreme person. Oh, that's an old tweet from Rachel Premack. I don't know how it got linked in here, but it says wasn't expecting to meet the Krispy Kreme. If you've met too many Krispy Kremes, register for this event. You can win a Peloton. Yeah, yeah, right. You exactly get too much. Right. You get the COVID nineteen. You can go ride the Peloton. And Pierre will deliver it to your door. No, Pierre, thank true. you so much for joining us on the show today. How do people reach out and learn more information? Yes, definitely. People can reach out on LinkedIn or find me at Pierre Laguerre. Our website is www.fleetandpro.com. You can find us on Instagram, Pierre underscore Laguerre five, and same thing with Twitter, Pierre Laguerre. So you could Google Pierre Laguerre. You'll find me everywhere, and you'll find Fleeting. Awesome. I'll have you back on air soon, too. And thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. And if you missed that Driving Diversity special, look it up on Freightcast. It's Driving Diversity or on uh, Freightwaves.com slash podcast. Really powerful stuff. Talk to yeah, a bunch of uh, very interesting guys there. Thank you for uh, <laughs> thanks for your time. Uh, what thank else we got coming up? We have a whole other What the Truck coming up later on we in the do. afternoon today, right? We we do. What is it? One o'clock, I think we're back up. Are we not? <laughs> we're going to have Glenn Jones. He's the global <laughs> VP, products and marketing at Bloom Global. That's going to be exciting. Right? Yeah, or I'm sorry. That, yeah, two thirty. That's even more yeah. on democratizing technology. So it's a theme we've talked about so far, but we have to go even deeper with that. If you heard Fuller Speed Ahead, that was a big part of their conversation. We'll huge. get to now ask. We'll be able to do all the follow up questions from that FSA. Yeah, yep, absolutely, absolutely. So that, that's going to be a good one. But I mean, we've got the, the carrier or the LTL update coming up. Yes, we also have Marilyn Serber, Transportation Advisor at 10th Street. She's going to be on What the Truck. She's also going to be on What the Truck next week, too, because they just started a partnership with Truckers Against Trafficking. So Friday, What the Truck will be talking to Truckers Against Trafficking. Monday, we'll be talking to Marilyn Serber about that. We also have Daniel Powell on. Remember, we had Warren Powell on What the Truck before. Daniel Powell, President, CEO at Optimal Dynamics. He's going to be talking about the optimization. Has been around for a long time, but what makes Optimal Dynamics Solutions, so amazing. But what's up next? 
What's up right and next? Let me let me grab it here. Sorry, I was looking at the thing. So we've got uh, we've got the fireside chat right now with mm. exploring environment, trucking, and logistics insurance is coming up. Stick around. It'll be up right after the break.